Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Buckets Podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest, Coach Lefwich. Coach Lefwich is a Washington Metropolitan Basketball Hall of Famer. And today he's going to be talking to us about his career in basketball, coaching, and everything surrounding it. So, um, Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Doing real good. When did you know that you were better than the rest at basketball? <laughs> well, I, I I never thought of being better than everybody else, but uh, I think what happened was um, when the newspapers were the ones who started telling me that I was this and I was that, so I paid attention to them, and I never thought I was better because we won a team, we won 55 straight games, and I was the shortest guy on the team. So I never thought of myself as being better than those big guys. <clears throat> I just thought of myself as fitting in. And uh, that's kind of the way I played it. You won um, those 55 straight games in high school, right? Right, that's correct. So um, from, what I, from what I've heard, in 1957 and 1958, in your 10th grade year, um, you lost the championship to Cardoza. Correct. What changed from that year to the next two that made you guys a winning team? Actually, um, we had beaten Cardoza in the regular season by 20 points. But we had this big guy who, uh, who was the most important rebounder on the team, Tom Hoover, who was 6'9". And Tom, in the fourth quarter, said he was sick. So he wanted to be taken out. Well... This was not a team to be taken lightly. And when they took him out, he was our best rebounder and we couldn't get any rebounds. So that made the difference. Uh, but after that, we, uh, we, won, we won the city title the next two years in a row. Would you call yourself more of a scorer or a playmaker? Okay, I, <laughs> I, w- I had two roles. When I was in the 10th grade, I figured I had to outshoot everybody. And I did. I outshot everybody except one guy who uh, became the president of Notre Dame, Monk Malloy, who had an excellent shot. And we were averaging about the same amount of points. But then in that one city championship game, Tom Hoover decided he wanted to come out. Well, if I'd taken a leadership role then, I could have gone up to him as his teammate and said, Tom, we need you for four or five minutes. It was the fourth quarter. We just need you for five minutes. You got to just suck it up. But I was a shooter. So at that point, I changed what I did from shooting to being a ball handler and a leader. And of course, uh, when you got to distribute the ball, your scoring average goes down. But it meant a whole lot to us because we didn't lose a game after that. So... Um, in, in a lot of past things that I've heard you do with other people, you credit a lot of your team success to Mr. John Thompson, Jr. Who was John Thompson, Jr.? Uh, John Thompson, Jr. was a former coach of Georgetown. And uh, he, he was a good player. Our biggest rebounder in sack was Tom Hoover. Tom Hoover was 6'9". 235 with a 32-inch waist. He would rather 
Hitchens and to ask you to move aside. And he was he was most instrumental in the meeting. John at 610, 6'11 was definitely a factor, but Hoover was a he was a script behind the team. He we had roles. He he thought he was <laughs> the enforcer for the team. If anybody and you know, let's let's face it. Intimidation was a factor back in those days, just like it is today. If anybody tried to intimidate anybody on our team, Tom Hoover was there. He had an argument with one of the players in the locker room before one of the games, and I'm like, "Oh no, we're in trouble." And we go up on the court and start to play, and somebody said something to the guy that he had an argument with. Guess who was the first person over there? Tom Hoover. So that was the kind of team that we had. I mean. I'm not going to say everybody babied everybody, but Tom took care of the team. And uh, so we took care of him and took care of everything on the floor. Do you think you guys were better in your junior or senior year? Uh, our junior year was better. Uh, that's the year Tom Hoover was a senior. I told you he was 6'9". He would rather uh, hit you than ask you to move aside. Monk Malloy, who later on became the president of Notre Dame, University, uh, outstanding shooter. He was there. Those two guys were a year ahead. They left. In my 12th grade year, we were smaller. We still had John Thompson, so we were still big in that sense. But we were small all the way around, but we were much quicker and we were better shooters. Everybody could shoot then. Everybody shot. But I would say the junior year team was the big, best team. That's the best team I've ever played with. Um, after high school, you went to Villanova, right? Right. And you played there for three years? I played four years there. That was back in those days, uh, well, you played one year freshman ball and then three years of varsity. So yes, I played, I played three years of varsity ball there. What were your highlights from those years of Villanova? Uh, mostly down, I'll tell you why. And I was standing freshman year, and then I was in an automobile accident. And uh, I messed up my leg uh, so bad that I was out of school for a year. And when I came back from that, uh, in basketball, there's only the difference between a very good player and an average player is one step. Very good players only a step faster, quicker than, uh, than the other players. And I had an automobile accident, messed up the knee, lost the one step. So after that, I was pretty much in the pack. I was not, you know, the ball player that I was before that. But I still played my, my remaining three years. And I think I had a great career. I enjoyed it. Did you have any options to get surgery on your knee? Yeah, they wanted to do, see, Surgery and everything has gone a long way from then to today. They wanted to do an exploratory, that was the word, exploratory operation. Well, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, football player in Seattle, that died from exploratory operation. So I said, I'm not, I'm gonna opt out. I'm not gonna do that. I, I, I didn't take the exploratory operation. And they, they weren't sure what it was problem was, but exploratory scared me. If it were, and, it, and the other thing was, 
back in those days, they weren't paying big money like they're paying today. If it happened today, I said, cut me up and see what you can find out. About it. <laughs> but uh, back there then, they were not paying a lot of money. So I said, no, I, I didn't want to do it. So you, you did get drafted? Yes, I got drafted by Detroit. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go because I knew. I knew that I'd lost a step. Number one, I lost a step. Number two, they were not paying big money at that time. They were just paying small amount of money. Number three, they were still riding in buses there. That's how new the NBA was. And John Thompson, who uh, you asked me about, who just passed away, uh, he, he went to the Boston Celtics and they, they expanded to the, uh, to, the, to the team in Chicago. And you know what they told him? Bring your, your shoes, your jock, and your own uh, shorts. So that's how new they were. They didn't, they didn't give you anything. So it was not a lot of money floating around. So I opted out. After you opted out, or after college, you decided to go into a career of coaching? Yes, I did. Did you coach back at your old school? Yes, I went back to Archbishop Carroll, coach there. Um, I, I had uh, actually uh, one player, coach, uh, went to Rutgers, Eddie Jordan played for me. He played at Rutgers and uh, Eddie went on to, uh, to, a, to a good career of uh, being in pros for a while. And uh, uh, he, coached, he coached a couple of NBA teams also. He was the most successful individual if, if you're looking at coaching and everything, he was. I had some other guys, and the thing that I'm most proud of is um, three of the guys that, uh, that played for me my first year of coaching. I don't know how many years that is now, but they're still good friends of mine. I, I talked to a couple of them the other day. So I'm most proud of that. But, you know, we're, we're still connected. And I still talk to Eddie Jordan. I had a good coaching career. Um, I don't feel like I lost anything not playing in the NBA at all. Certainly didn't lose any money. <laughs> <laughs> um, after you coached at your high school, did you move on to college coaching? I, I, I tried college coaching one year. Uh, college coaching is a lot different than high school coaching. In high school, you mainly teach your students different things. And in college, you just, you know, kind of push them on and get them together. I was at Georgetown with, with John Thompson for a year. That was before they won the national championship. But I only stayed one year. The kids in college are a lot different than the kids in high school. So I went back to high school and uh, won two state titles there. So I'm, you know, I think I had a very good coaching career. Um, how would you describe your style of coaching? I guess the, the guy that, um, the, the person I, I liked the most as a coach and actually recruited me, it was at St. Joe in Philly and I went to Villanova in Philly. But uh, Jack Ramsey was the coach then. But I liked his style of coaching. Um, and I, I would say my style, I tried to copy him. I mean, he threw in this, he threw in that. By that, I mean, he would take throw on the press and 
take out press and uh, they were not they were not a big team but they were an aggressive team and they were a team that was full of surprises and I thought he was an outstanding coach and you know, he went on to a great pro career too so but I don't I don't uh, regret going to Villanova I love Villanova I had a great time there great time there great people still friends still got friends there so I'm still happy I think I've, I've been very lucky with uh, with basketball and with friends and with playing. Did you um did you prefer coaching or playing? Oh, you always prefer playing because playing is one on one. It's me against you. Coaching, it's my ideas that I put together against the ideas that you have put together, and to see which one can do the most with other kids. But I enjoy playing the most, obviously. If I, had, if I had a life career, it would be with playing rather than with coaching, although I enjoy coaching. I, enjoy, I tell you, I still got, still got those guys as friends. So. Did, you, um, did your children go on to play basketball as well? Yes, yes. Uh, my oldest son, George, uh, played at Princeton, and Brian also played at Princeton. So... Uh, I mean, you know, once you get the fever, you, you kind of spread it out. And I guess you already know Brian's little boy already plays basketball, too. So, you know, the fever is going through my family. <laughs> and I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy to sit here and look at him play. So, um, You've firsthand, firsthand watched the evolution of basketball. What's the largest difference between back when you played and with oh, kids oh playing today? My. Goodness gracious. Oh, I could write a book on how much it's changed. It is, it is a completely different game, completely different. Uh, I was talking with somebody about that. When, when I played, one of the, and when I coached, one of the things you tell your players to do is get back and protect the paint. Don't let them go layup. <laughs> Forget it. They don't shoot layups today. They, shoot, they don't shoot three-pointers. They shoot long three-pointers. I mean, way behind that three-point line. And it's not just the little guys shooting three-pointers. The big guys shoot three-pointers. So th this game this game is so different today than what it was back when I played and when I was a kid and watched the game. It's, 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 and it's just amazing. And I love to see the evolution of it. I wonder grandson is eight years old and I wonder what the game is going to be like when he gets to be a, in high school but it is completely different and if you look at the game they they don't nobody goes back into the paint to see him moving the ball around everybody's outside at least to the three-point line and a few of the guys are way behind the three-point line I saw it when they talked about Steph Curry shooting those long long uh, shots Beyond the three-pointer, he was the only one. But as you look at the game now, everybody's out there. Everybody's out there. So it's just amazing to see how the game has evolved. Would you would you change that about the Would you change that about basketball today? Would I you want 
Would yeah, I change it? If you could, would you want people today to play a more traditional? No, absolutely not. This is this is far more exciting than than just going back and packing it in and waiting for them to shoot. And no, exciting. I regret that uh, I wasn't able to at least participate in the, in the long range three point three pointer. That wasn't in when I was playing. Oh, the game is exciting. It's far more exciting now. And it's far more challenging because you can't just trot back. Back in the old days, best example I can use is uh, watching the team wait, come down the floor and wait for Kareem Jabbar to trot down the floor. And, uh, you know, now if he doesn't get down there, they shot and gone back the other way. So the game is, is I wonder what role a guy like Kareem Jabbar would play in today's game. I mean, I'm sure he'd have a role because he's such a great player. But they're not going to wait for him to come down there, you know, get down the floor. They're going to get the ball there and then somebody's going to shoot it up. So it's that's that's what I mean by looking at how it was then and how it was now and whether those teams in those days could beat the teams of today. I don't know. And you'll never know that, but uh, it's still the thought. But this game is great. It's evolved into something that I think is, is even more exciting than what it was. How about uh, the defensive side of basketball? Do you think that's sort of taken a turn for the worse? No, I just told you. <laughs> the offense is taking a turn for the greater. I mean, everybody, you got guys 6'5 shooting beyond, way beyond that three point line. 6'5", back in my day, 6'5", you got down inside the foul line, you know, around the foul line and in. Now they're half court and, you know, across. So, no, no, it's, it's exciting. And it's exciting just to guess where, uh, how far the game can go from where it is. So. If it's more challenging today, and are, are the players of today better than the players of I, 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 that's, um, it's, I heard somebody give an interview of that. It's unfair. It's unfair to, uh, to challenge to, you know, to compare because the game has changed so much. So it's not fair. When I was your age, mine was Oscar Robinson. And Oscar Robinson shot from 15 feet in. If you compare him to these guys that are shooting from 25 to 30 feet, it's not fair. Whenever you start saying who, that's like saying, who is the best player ever in the game? You have to go in 10 years first because every 10 years this game has changed. So you have to say he was the best player in, in his era. The next guy was the best guy in his era. Elgin Baylor, I thought, was one of the great players of his era. And I based that on the fact that Elgin was uh, 6'5", and he played a power forward, okay? They call him Rabbit because his feet were so light and he could scurry. How would he work, work today? I think he'd fit in. I still think he'd be, be good, but how good? I don't know. I don't know. And it's not fair to compare him and his era with today's players. So that's how much the game has changed. That's why the game is so exciting. And it's, it's so, 
I guess, I don't know, suspenseful or what is the word for where it's going to be in another 10 years. What, what else can happen with it? I mean, these guys are shooting at half floor right now. So, and if you shot back, back in the day, if you shot pretty much out of the 21-foot line, which is the top of the key, you might be in trouble. They don't even look at that thing anymore. So, now it's an exciting game. It has been exciting and will, I think, continue to be exciting. Do you have an all-time favorite player or favorite team? Well, there again, there again is unfair. My, my favorite player was Oscar Robinson because when I started playing the game, Oscar Robinson was the big star. And uh, I, I, I wanted to be Oscar Robinson. Uh, how would Oscar fare in today's game? I think he'd be good, but again, 10 years, it's not fair to compare him with the players of today because he was limited in where he shot from and what he did. But in his day, I thought he was a, a fantastic player. And so much so that uh, in, in one of the city championship games, actually it was the last one in my 12th grade year, they had a picture of him on the, on the cover of one of the Sports Illustrated. And he had just gotten a rebound and he tucked it under one arm. His legs were, were spread out like that. And he had the elbow out here like this. So guess who imitated him in the game? And uh, yeah, I never knew what it was. I just liked it because it was Oscar. And all the crowd went, ooh, ooh. And then when I thought about it, well, that was kind of like you would glory in everybody when you grab the ball, stick the arm out, and leg it out. But, you know, that was just me idolizing. And I still, I still would pick him because, because of the times. But there've been some great players. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to, uh, hard pressed to, to say that he was better than other players. That's why I say you got to go with ten-year periods of time when you start evaluating players. I mean, how would he compare with Magic Johnson? He didn't do the flair that Magic did. He just got the job done. Magic got the job done too, so I don't know. That's why, again, it's unfair. But for his time frame and for the time frame that I learned the game, and I guess when I was your age, he was the one, he was the best guy. I, don't, I still don't think you could say any one player transcended all, all eras. I don't know. Okay, do you have a favorite team? Favorite team? <laughs> See, you're too young to even know what I'm about to say, but uh, UCLA teams, they were, they, they were just decision, 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 decision. But there again, that was then and this is now. Would they do this now? I don't know. I don't know, but... Uh, his teams were very precise, and they were they were destroyers. He had, he had he had quick guys on the wings. He had Jabbar in the middle, a couple of quick guys out front, and they executed well, very well. And they played great defense. How would they have fared today? I don't know. I don't know. Do you want? 
Do you watch the NBA or, or college basketball? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I don't watch college as much because college is so, it's, it's more transitional than it is uh, stable. In other words, the players are, are, are more just interested in getting in and getting out and getting into the pros so they make money. I don't blame them. Like I told you before, the money was flowing to back when I was there as it is today, I would have, I would have let them cut my leg. So these guys are getting a lot of money, but they don't stay in college long. And, and they don't have the allegiance to college just like they used to have. Good or bad, I don't know. Hard to say. That's like saying that now, now when you're in college, you can make money off of your career. You can, you know, uh, if you if you can sign for a contract for certain sportswear or something like that, you can make money. Back when I was in college, you couldn't get anything. And believe me, we I know I was poor as a church mouse. No money, so everything has changed. It's 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 just a, an amazing thing to sit back and look on how much everything has changed. Do you think the college players should be getting paid by their um, college teams and organizations? Yeah, but uh, I don't, and, and I don't know the answer to this. It's got to be regulated because it will get out of control. They're going to have to find some kind of way to regulate um, who you can sign with, how much you can get, what kind of limits do they have on, for example, in basketball, do they give them any amount of shoes that they want? Because if they do, they, they'll start selling them to other people. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough because when you're in college, you don't have any money. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. And my friends we were all the same. We, you know. So I'm glad they're getting paid, but I think that that could open a can of worms. They might have to regulate that very strongly. So, and I don't know what what the rules are now, but uh, you know, that's why I say everything has changed. It's changed so much. And UCLA won all those games in a row with the new rule. Would they have been able to win that many in a row? You don't know. You don't know. And, and it's not fair to say that they would not because that's saying the coach didn't have a chance to adjust to the new rules and regulations. In other words, he coached according to the rules of that particular time. Had he known the rules would change the three-point line and all of this and that, he might have changed. I, we don't know. And we'll never know. We'll never know. That's why. It's an exciting basketball. It's an exciting game. It's an exciting thought. And I think it's going to get even more exciting. I don't know where it can go from here, but I'm sure it will. The players only go to college as a stepping stone. They want to get to the pros. They want to make money. So what they're saying is, I'm only going to go for one year. And what the coaches are saying is, I want to get as many of these guys together as I can. Because they're good. They're looking at pro careers and money. They're good. And that's, that's what the 
That's what the fight is. Are you coaching now or are you just stacking up X amount of great players who just want to have to be there for a year because the rules say that, and then they're going to move on. That's, that's uh, again, that's one of the changing things about the game. Back when I played, you were there. You were there. You were there for four years, and you couldn't play. Should they have to stay for four years? It would probably be your next question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You you look. I don't know. That's that's another tough tough question. And and the toughness lies in what happens to the guy that gets hurt in college. He can't play anymore because he had to stay four years in college. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't know. I, I played against uh, I played against a guy who uh, who was a two-time and this is tough. He was a two-time high school All-American. I think of his name. I'll tell you who he is. He's Jalen Rose's father. I can't think of his name. He played at um, Providence College. But he was a two-time high school All-American. Two-time now. One time, you're good. Two times, you, I mean, you made it as a junior. You were great. But what happened was his knee was so bad that, you know, that he had he was limping all the time. And uh, I don't think he had a college, uh, pro career or anything because he messed up his knees. So is it better to let that guy go on to the pros or what? That's... I think these these are these are questions that come up, you know, with today's athletes, and uh, it's difficult difficult questions. Difficult, very difficult. So there's a lot of luck. I guess I'm saying there's a lot of luck in your in the health department, not in the ability department, in the health department that you don't get hurt because the game is physical. It's gotten more physical than what it was back then. Okay, so in that case, I think um, I might have misunderstood. So you got injured in your fourth year at Villanova? No. First year. Oh. First year. I played, I played one year, which was freshman ball. Okay. At that time, you had to play one year freshman ball. Then you only could play three years of varsity ball. They changed that rule. You play four years now. The end of my freshman year, I was in I, I was in an automobile accident. That's where I got hurt. I was out for a year, and then I came back. So it was my first year. What I'm saying is, that I played one year freshman ball, got injured, then played three years of varsity ball. Okay, but I'd been injured. I wasn't the same person that I was when I was a freshman. And at the end of three years, I'm saying you're only one step faster than everybody else when you're good. I lost a step. I'm in with the pack. They were not paying a lot of money, number one. And number two, half of them were still riding in buses. The NBA just started then. So what incentive was there? Not much of not much incentive. Of course, okay. So then today you would have gotten the surgery and just... I sure would have. I said, cut me up, man. Cut <laughs> me up. I want a piece of that money. <laughs> Are you watching the NBA Finals? Absolutely. Up late at night, 
That's why I'm half asleep right now. <laughs> I stay up late looking at them. And uh, I, I, I um, everybody says, well, who's your favorite team? Well, obviously Washington didn't have a team, so that wasn't them. So what I was rooting for, it still went down to the finals, so it doesn't matter. What I was rooting for was one more game. You know, I just wanted whichever team would carry this thing a little further and make it last longer. That's the team I wanted to win. I still feel that way. I don't, Milwaukee is a long way. This is the first time I've seen them play. And uh, obviously I hadn't seen, uh, what's the other team? Uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hadn't seen them play. So, and I don't really know the players but I just want to see one more game. Still excited to see one more game. Stay up late at night, sleep all day the next day. <laughs> so you've you've seen Giannis then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think of him? Do you think he needs to develop a shot to be a good player? Do you yeah, he de he definitely needs he definitely needs to take a little time. First, he needs to take a little time to work on his free throw. Okay, I mean. All he does with all this show and everything else, he's already drawing the attention of the fans. So when he gets the ball, they start just counting. That's distracting. I don't, I don't, I don't, you, I don't care what anybody says. It's distracting when you're standing on that line and somebody's counting and doing this and that and the other. It might not be distracting at every time, but if you see him miss, how, how can you at that stage of your career miss the whole rim consistently? It's distracting. They are distracting him. You know, he needs, they need to cut him down. You don't need any more than three or four dribbles. Take one, two, three dribbles, get set, and go. But he goes through all this motion, and he gets the fans all over him, which means they've already gotten his attention, okay, because he's taking all these shots and going through all this stuff. And all. Eh, come on, give it a break, man. If you, do, if you practice, you know what your rhythm is. You know what your shot is. You don't need to go through all. That's what you practice. Uh, but then again, who am I who never even made it there? That's like uh, the guy from Philly. Ben Simmons? Yeah. Yeah. You just got to come to the line, concentrate on what you're doing here. If you concentrate, you can X out all that noise and all that stuff. You can do it. I've done it. I know you can do it. But you got to work on it. You got to work on it. And what happens is this part of the game comes easy for him, but this part of the game he's got to work on and he's not used to working on it. He just wants the easy part of it. But, you know, I, I, I think they, they, they need to work with him on it. They mean uh, the administration, the coach, and all that. All they need to do is just get him into a routine. That's what I was trying to teach. And you should teach your little brother. Just go to the line, get a routine now while you're this age. Most, and if you look at most of the players, they go to the line, you set your foot, you balance, you take one, two, three dribbles. That's to get your concentration on look at the basket and you go. And if you practice right out there is where it starts. If you practice it out there, you can do it in the gym. And you can shut out all of that. But I don't know, you know, I don't know, I'm not a psychiatrist, I don't know if he's going too far, both of them, him and uh, Simmons. Yeah, 
So I hope they do. I, I mean, because they both are great players. Both are great players. And the shame of uh, Philly's thing is Philly needs him in there. Just like, well, Milwaukee needs the big guy in there, too. Right. So who knows? But those are million dollar problems, man. You know, that's that's like, I mean, hand in the thermonuclear war. They're, they're up here booming around with all this money and all this, and I'm down here, you know, making nothing, and I'm criticizing them. But they could, they, they do need to work in the out. And as a coach, you should you should be able to work your players out mentally. Mentally. So Phoenix right now, they're up. Two zero. If right. you were a betting man, do you think, do you think it's over? The only the only reason I would not say that it's over is I have not seen Milwaukee at home. First two games were in Phoenix. Phoenix completely dominated. Completely dominated. I would I would say Milwaukee has a long way to come back because they were dominated in every aspect of the game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet any money on it. I think today will show. Tonight will show a whole lot as to whether they even have a chance. Because they'll be home tonight. They can do a little more at home, okay? But they were dominating. With with the big man in there, without him in there. Okay. I wouldn't put any money on it. Okay. Well, I think that's gonna end it. Okay. Um, for today. Thank you so much, Coach, for coming on um, the buckets. It, it, it really was nice to hear about to hear about you yeah. and basketball. Yeah. Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk about basketball. Obviously, if you if you've been a, it's been a part of your life, or as long as it's been a part of my life, you like to talk about it. <laughs> so you can't play it anymore, so you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Once again, thank you so much. Um, we will. Come and talk about the NBA Finals probably on Monday. But yeah, this was an amazing episode and we'll catch everyone on the buckets next time.